Welcome to week two of The Power of Words. And when you came in, we did give you two cards, a white card and a yellow card. Hold on to those. I'll tell you what to do with those in just a little bit. If you missed week one of this series, please go back and watch that. Not because it has anything to do with me or us. It's so that you have the big picture of what this series is all about. Each week kind of builds on the week before. This really, this series is like big sermon, like one big, long, huge sermon that nobody would sit here long enough to, to listen to, and I wouldn't want to talk that long. So we've just broken it up into four chunks, and so chunk number one is last week. Make sure you catch up on that so that you are up to speed. Now today, it's going to be different than what we usually experience in the next few minutes. It is going to be engaging, which is a good thing, and challenging in a good way, it also may get emotional for you, for me, for all of us, and, and that's not a bad thing, okay? We think it's going to be a, a very good, appropriate, and healthy thing for us to experience together. So let's dive in, okay? In the last week, we discovered together the wisdom of King Solomon helped us know that the tongue has the power of life and death. The tongue has the power of life and death. My words, your words, our words have the power of life and death. And here's what I believe. I believe you know that's true because you've experienced it. I believe that's been your experience, that in your life you have been recipients of words that have been very life-giving, hopefully. And I know that at some point in your life you've been on the receiving end of words that were draining, life-taking from you. And the way we said it last week is that words create worlds. They create worlds around us. They create worlds in us. Environments, realities, thoughts, and feelings that are shaped by the words that come out of our mouth. Now, immediately when we went here last week, we talked about how the natural thing for us to think about it's automatic, is that we begin to think about the words that people have spoken to us and the worlds that have been created inside of us because of other people's words. Now, next week, we're going to talk about our words to other people. Next week, we're going to talk about the words we speak and how they create worlds in the lives of others around us, especially in those that we love and care about. But today, what I want us to do right now for the next few moments is think about what they said and the worlds that were created in you, around you, because of what they said. You're like, who's they? You know who they is, don't you? You know. You know the they. What they said to you, may have been yesterday, last weekend, a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, 10, 15 years or more. What they said to you, what they said about you, what they said over you. What they said, you, you know it. Now, I would love to think that it's positive, right? Because we talked about last week that the power of words can be both negative and positive, and wouldn't it be great 
if we could just spend the rest of our time unpacking all of the massive amounts of positive words and encouraging words and helpful and good and healing words that were spoken over our lives and into our lives. Wouldn't it be great if we, there was just so much of that that we just didn't know what to do with ourselves? <sighs> my gut feeling tells me that ain't your problem. That's not my problem. That's not our issue. Then unfortunately, it's the negative stuff of what they said that's messing with you and creating worlds that you wish you didn't have to deal with. I mean, why, why is it? Why is it? Is that negative things way more heavily than positive? Why, why is it that a bunch of people can say positive things to you and encourage you? Oh, you look so nice today. And oh, I hope you have a great day. And oh, it's so great to see you. And then one person, one person at the office or that one text or that one email or sometimes just that one negative look and you're not quite sure how to interpret that weighs heavier than everything else positive. Why is it the negative? I don't know. I'm sure there's a good plausible explanation that goes beyond me and you, but it, I just know it's true. That the negative, unfortunately, has a bigger impact in our lives than the positive. So when I talk about what they said, probably negative. And isn't it true that the negative things that they said, and you know that they replay automatically in your life without welcome, without permission, without you knowing it, almost surprise. I mean, you're just driving down the road, right? Minding your own business, and then all of a sudden you hear, you're transported back to that moment when they said, when he said that, when she said that. Or maybe you see something and it triggers and a thought, a feeling, and it, you're transported right back there, and you know, you know it. Just automatic how it replays what your parents told you, how they talked to you. Or that sibling was so close to you, and, and then she said, and he used to tell me. That friend, right? You thought they were a friend. And then they said that, and you're like, I'm not, I'm not sure what to do with that. It's devastating. Or maybe it's another family member. Could be a teacher at school, professor, a coach, a boss, a coworker, somebody at church. I mean, you, you know what they said. And it's been sitting inside of you, simmering. Like landmines buried in the soil of your soul. Ticking. Waiting. And then at the most inopportune time, without permission, they detonate, they explode, leaving shrapnel, worlds of shrapnel for you to try to sort through, figure out what to do with. Yeah. Are you there? You there? Unfortunately, you probably are. Doesn't take much. You go there quickly. It's like they live right beneath the surface of the facade of who we like to portray that we are, all the things that they said. You have no problem recalling it, do you? Who said it, what they said, when they said it, and you probably know where they were and where you were when they said it. And you're very familiar with those feelings. I want to ask you to do something that may be uncomfortable, 
but it's going to be good for you. And don't, and don't mail this one in, okay? Just don't, 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 don't fly by this one. Don't just skip this. I, I really want to challenge you to do this. I want you to take this white card and grab a pen. There should be one in the seat in front of you if you don't have one. I want you to write down on this white card what they said to you, about you, over you. Write it down. No one's going to see this but you. This is personal. It's private. Nobody's going to see it but you. And if you have to abbreviate, that's great in case the person that said it is sitting beside you. And you can just abbreviate and draw an arrow to them. All right? And a little stick person with flames. <laughs> no, don't do that. Write it down. Let's take a moment together. Uncomfortable. I get it. Write it down. You need to get it out of here onto the paper. Force yourself to do it. You're not going to have any problem remembering. Your challenge is putting it down. Write it down what they said. Let's do it together. difficult, isn't it? I mean, not to remember, you got that, but to make yourself do this is harsh. Those of you that are joining us online, I, I hope you're participating as well. You can write it down on anything that you can find around the house. I, I want to encourage you to not stop in this moment, even though we need to continue to talk through the next parts. Continue to jot things down as they come to mind. The things they said, put it on this white card. In, in fact, if we had enough time, you could fill the front and the back, right? I need, I need something bigger because, because there's a lot there. That's the world that's been created for your thoughts and your feelings. 
And it's, it's tainted, really. It's tainted how you process the world, hasn't it? Um, it's what they said to you. It affects not just how you feel about yourself when you look in the mirror, but how you process pain, how you process success, how you process failure, how you interpret the world around you. It's created a world. But I got some really good news for you, okay? Listen, words do create worlds, but not worth. Words create worlds, yes, and that's a big deal, but not worth, and that's a bigger deal. Your worth, your value is assigned to you by the divine, by God himself. Yeah, words create worlds. Words carry a lot of weight, but they do not assign worth and value. Words cannot define you. Negative words cannot define you. And positive words, if we want to be fair, even positive words cannot make or break you. They cannot make you, right? I mean, just positive words are great. But positive words don't even assign value. That's a gift. You are given value and worth by virtue of the fact that you are a creation of God. Now, positive words help highlight our worth and value. That's why they're good. Positive words can put a highlight on your worth and value and encourage you and empower you. And negative words, unfortunately, can throw mud on your worth and cover up your value. And some of you, you're like, man, it's buried. It is buried under years of unhealthy marriage. And it's buried under decades of the way my parents talked to me and treated me. And it's buried under what, what others have said. Yeah, so we gotta find a way to Bring that back to the surface. I want you to look at that card, what they said. Whoever said this to you was attempting to describe you, but they cannot, and this cannot, and will not ever define you. Words create worlds, not worth. So we've got to do, we've got to try to find a way to diffuse this, to disarm this. And the way we do it is by replacing it with what's true, by replacing it with what's good, by replacing it with value, worth, centered truth about who God says you are and what God says to you and about you. Knowing what God says in response to what they said is huge. And so I want us to take the next few minutes and talk about what, what God says. Words create worlds, not worth. Where does, word, where does worth come from? Truth like this. God created human beings in his own image. This is, this is all the way back to the beginning. Male and female, he created them. Men were created in the image of God. Women were created in the image of God. Every human being created in the image of God. You may not know that. You may have, this may be the first time that you've ever heard that. If this is all new to you, I'm so excited for you. But my, hun my hunch is, is that some of you, many of you, if not most of us, have heard this before, but it's gotten buried with layers of what they said. So you need to be reminded you're created in the image of God. That's your core. That's your foundation. That's who you are. And nothing you wrote down on this white card can change that. 
can take that away. Nothing, nothing. You are an image bearer of the God of heaven and earth. The God of the universe has stamped his image on you. I'm gonna show you something else. King David wrote that he, he said, I've learned that body and soul are marvelously made. Marvelously made. He said, well, I, don't, I don't know about that. I, just, I wouldn't go that far. Right? I just, yeah. You, you are. Let me show you something else. In the, in the New Testament, in the first century, Paul writes that we're God's masterpiece. <laughs> I think, this card tells me I'm a mess. Okay, there's messy parts to all of us. But in Christ, we've been created anew in Christ. See, here's how God sees you. We're a masterpiece. Every mess is a masterpiece in the making when Jesus gets a hold of it. So we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. So God looks at you and he says, masterpiece in the making, and I've got a wonderful plan that involves them. Yeah, maybe you didn't know that. Or maybe, yes, I know that, we've just forgotten it. You've got to come back to this. You say, man, I, I, get, I get what you're trying to do. I appreciate it. Thanks. The, the sentiment is well taken, but you don't know what I've done, man. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I'm guilty of. You know what kind of crap I've caused. I mean, the things that were said about me, they were unkind and hurtful, but there's some truth to it because I really screwed up. What I did, what I didn't do, what I've said, what I've never said, you, you don't understand what I've been guilty of. Here's what you need to know. What does God say to people that have really screwed up? What does God say about people that have really messed up? What does God say to and about people that have issues? So now there is no condemnation. For those who belong to Christ Jesus, no condemnation. Now, are there consequences to our choices? Absolutely. That's just life. Yeah, we have to deal with the consequences of our choices, and sometimes unwise choices carry bad consequences with them. We have to live through and deal with and all that. But in spite of all the consequences of choices we may have to deal with, there is absolutely no condemnation because of and through and in Jesus Christ. No condemnation. No lost causes. You know what this means? This means that God has not written you off. Why is it that we write people off? Why is it that we write each other off? We're so quick to write people off. I'm so done with her. I'm so done with him. It is so over. We're through. We're done. Why? Why? God doesn't treat us that way. God doesn't treat you that way. God knows all the crap on you. All of it. He says, no condemnation. It just reminds me of the moment when Jesus was interacted with the woman in John chapter 8. John wrote about this in the New Testament, the woman that was caught in the act of adultery. I mean, this wasn't grapevine stuff. This wasn't gossip. This wasn't hearsay. I mean, she was caught in the act of having adultery. I mean, you're talking about guilt, right? Here we go. You know what Jesus told her? Jesus said, I don't condemn you. I don't condemn you. Now, he also told her, now, I, I want you to go make some better choices. 
you need to go make some better choices. In fact, I want you to make better choices from this moment on. Don't, don't come back to this way of living. But I, honey, I don't condemn you. One more thing. Nothing in all creation. Nothing's a very big word. You know what nothing leaves out? Nothing. Nothing in all creation. Nothing you did, they did, you said, they said. Nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed. This is how we know that, through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, this is what God says to you about you that you have got to understand and receive. This is what they said. This is not who God created you to be. This is not who God says you are. This is not what God says about you. It is so important for you to understand what God says. So here's what I want us to do. In just a moment, not yet, but just a moment, we're going to take the yellow card. And we're going to do the uncomfortable task. It's uncomfortable because it's just, you'll see how uncomfortable it is. We're not used to doing this. And we're going to write down what God says. What God says to us, about us, and over us. It's so important for us to know God's words, to hear God's words to us. There's so, so many ways that we can hear God's words. Obviously, you've got the Bible. I get it. We've already talked about that. But there's, there's, sometimes we hear the words of God through other people that are reminding us what God says about our value and worth. That's so encouraging. Other times, God uses things like music. Music is a powerful reminder, right? Going through your day and you're feeling about this big because all you can hear are these words on this white card going off like, like bombs, like grenades in your head. Boom, 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 bang, bang, bang. And you need sometimes a song to remind you, no, this is what God says. This is what's true. This is what God says about you. Um, art is huge. God has gifted us in this world with artists who design things and paint things and sculpt things and make things and write things and create things that often remind us of who he says we are. So I, I don't know about you, but I have found that I need to surround myself with these kinds of things because unfortunately what's written on this white card is buried so deeply within me. It takes a while for it all to kind of get cleaned out. So hearing God's words, knowing God's words, and we're going to write it down on this yellow card, but before we do, I want, to give you, I, want to, I want to give you just a hint of what God's words look like and sound like because some of you think you know what God would say, but you don't really know what God would say to you. If Jesus were to take you out to lunch and say, hey, can you look at me a second? Listen to me. I want to tell you what I think about you. You, you wouldn't know. In fact, what you think God would say to you is often tainted by what others have said to you. So in your mind, if God's words are condemning, demanding, accusatory, blaming, shaming, or hopeless, the, the sweetie, you're listening to the wrong voice. You got, you got your wires crossed here. The voice you're hearing are still these voices. This is not the words of God. Here's what God's words sound like. God's words are full of love and grace. 
foundationally. Why? Because God is love. That's who he is. He can be nothing else but love at his core. And so what God says to you and about you first and foremost is loving and gracious. But it doesn't just stop there. It's also words that are honest and true. You see, it's not all fluff, okay? It's not all just trying to help everybody feel good about themselves. No, God's words deal in reality. And sometimes God's love and grace, tough to wrestle with. God, God's words to you in a loving way may be, hey, listen, hey, son, hey, hey daughter, we got to work on this, don't we? And I'll help you. We need to address this. This is not good for you. There's, I've got so much better for you than this. This is hurtful to you. This is hurtful to others, and I don't want this in your life, and I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you journey through this. Yeah, God's words are not always full of approval, but they're always full of acceptance. He accepts us just as we are, even though he may not approve of how we are. He accepts us as we are to help us become more who he created us to be through and because of and in his son, Jesus. Honest and true words. Not just that, love and grace. Honest and true. When you hear God's words, they will be searching and guiding words. Searching, full of questions. Hey, have you considered this? Have you ever thought about this? Think about that. If you pay attention to how Jesus talked with people, he, he led with so many questions. He asked one question after another. Question, question, question. Because he wants people to think. Searching. And, and words that are guiding. Like it's an invitation for a journey. Right? See, so many times, this is, this is huge. So many times we just want answers to things. We just want answers to things, and what God invites us into is a journey. I'm, I'm with you. Sometimes that's very frustrating, isn't it? I, I don't want a journey. I want this fixed. I, don't, I want this done. I want, I, I want this done, over with. Nope. You've been invited into a journey. We're going to search it together. That's God's words. God's words are two more. Challenging. Ain't easy. Right? You think what God would say to you is just like, oh, okay. No, no, no. No, sometimes it's very challenging because he's helping you become. He wants you to grow. But they are always empowering. Always, always empowering. You got this. You can do this. And I will help you. I am inside of you. I'm giving you my spirit. And I will help you. I will empower you. I will encourage you. Those are God's words. Now, to be really honest with you, the first time I ever did this exercise, where, where I wrote down what God would say to me if Jesus were to take me out to lunch and say, hey, son, Jonathan, look at me and listen to me. When I began to put that down, it was hard. It was uncomfortable. It was awkward. And it was emotional. I wasn't prepared for how emotional it was going to be. But it was so healing. It touched places deep inside of me that I didn't even know were there. You know what I found? When my wife Donna and I did this together for the first time at a, at a conference for pastors that we went to, I, I found that as I wrote what God would say to me, it directly addressed so many of the things that they said, but with truth. 
and love and grace. What would God say? You see, that's your worth, that's your value, to hear the words of your heavenly Father. I mean, imagine what would your heavenly Father say to you if you were to climb up in his lap? Write it down. Let's take the yellow cards out right now and grab that pen again. Those of you that are online, I invite you to grab something to write on and write with. To the best of your ability, why don't you take a moment and jot down what you think God would say to you. Let's do it together. What do you think? Awkward, kind of difficult, isn't it? It is for me. But look at that. These are the kinds of things that God would say. God says to you, about you, for you. Now see, here, we get to choose. We get to choose what we hold on to, what we focus on. What we let guide us, don't we? We get to choose. So many times we allow what they said to win the day when we need to receive and accept what God says instead. Yeah. So we want to help. We want to do the best we can to help you with this as we wrap things up. 
today. On your way in on our patios, you saw some barrels with a fire in there, burn barrels. Those are there not just to create that delicious smell in here of a campfire, although I'm trying to figure out how we can get that every week. That's pretty awesome. But those burn barrels are for the white cards. On your way out, we want you to take a moment and take what they said and drop them in the barrels and let them burn. No, yeah, I know you still know it, but it's symbolically, it's your way of letting go. It's your way of letting go. And, and we need this as human beings, these, these rhythmic, symbolic things of letting it go. It's your way of saying, I'm not going to let this define me. I'm not going to live by this. I am getting rid of this. And, we went, and, and some of you are going, yeah, but i got to pick up the kids at Peak and Kids Summit. We got them. We'll hold on to them for a couple minutes more, okay? You, you just go have a moment there the barrels. Now, don't get in your car and leave. We ain't keeping them all dang afternoon, okay? So you <laughs> come back and get them. But take a moment. Take a moment. Burn these suckers. Let it go. Your way of forgetting. Hey, it may be your way of forgiving them for what they said. You say, well, they haven't asked me to forgive them. Hey, let me tell you, let me give you something, let me give you something true that you need. You don't need their permission to forgive them. You don't. Now it'd be great if they asked. Wouldn't that be great? So much even more healing if they ever come around to admitting and asking for forgiveness, and we'll pray to that end. But don't wait for them to ask. Forgive them. Release it. Maybe this is a symbolic way of you saying, "There, I'm not going to let that. I'm not going to hold on to this anymore. I'm letting it go. I'm setting myself free from this." Yeah. And the yellow card, you hold on to this. Keep adding to it. What God says to you, about you. And look at this this week. Look at it today before you go to bed. Look at it tomorrow. Take it to work with you. Put it in your car. Read it when you get to work. Read it when you get home. Just take it with you and get thinking. Feed on what God says to you and about you. And I'm telling you, it'll do a great work in your heart. God will use it in a powerful way. And all of us need this. All of us. Let me pray for us. Dear Father, we thank you for this. This has been different. It's uh, probing, exposing, but so helpful. Whether we realize it or not at this point, we need this. We need to let go of what they said and focus on what you say. As image bearers of you, under no condemnation anymore because of what Jesus has done. Yeah, we got messy stuff in our lives, but we are masterpieces in the making because and through Jesus and nothing separates us. Nothing separates us from your love. We need to feed on that. I need to remember that. And I ask that my friends will know that you are here with us and you go with us through your spirit to help us remember these things throughout the day. We live in a harsh world where lots of harsh things are said to us. And so we're constantly fighting it off, constantly fighting it away. May we replace and diffuse and disarm what they said with what you say time and time and time again. And may it heal us in Jesus' name. Amen.